This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, Encourage Yourself, Part 3. Recovery requires the right relationships. Everyone is not called to go with you. God will connect you with the right relationships. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Let me ask you to open your Bibles today to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Uh, we're gonna, this is part three of the series I've been doing for the last few Sundays. Um, we've been talking about David, and uh, David here is, um, we talked the last two Sundays about a circumstance that David faced in his life, uh, how he and these group of reject men that he was leading uh, lost their jobs, got fired from their Job has soldiers in the enemy's army. They were in the Philistines' army. And uh, they got fired and released. When they go back home, they discover that their home, their city, had been burnt with fire and their wives and children had been taken captive. And so we spent the last couple of weeks talking about what David did. David uh, put his ephod on. David encouraged himself first. He encouraged himself. Uh, he found himself in a place of discouragement, but he dis- encouraged himself. He spoke the word over him. That was the first word we gave you a couple of Sundays ago, that you got to learn to speak truth over your life. You got to be careful who you talk to, who speaks to you, but more importantly, it's important about what you say to yourself. And I tried to challenge you today that we got to be people that speak truth and hope and deliverance and breakthroughs over our own lives. And so David encouraged himself, but then he also put his ephod on. That ephod represents praise. You got to learn to praise God even when things are not going the way you want them to go. I wish I had an amen right there from anybody. You, gotta, you, you have to be at a posture or place in your walk with Christ to be able to worship him even when things are not going the way you wish for them to go. That's, that's really actually a sign of your maturity. That's a sign of of how you have reached a posture or place of maturity that you have the capacity and the ability to be able to worship God even though things are not going your way. And he put his ephod on and he worshiped God and he gave him the praise. And then he, he prayed. He, here's how we know he was in the right posture. And I haven't talked about this. Let me just throw this in for free. He prayed. The Bible says he prayed and he asked the Lord, shall I pursue? Shall I go after them? And uh, that's what he did. He he asked God that prayer. He said uh, in verse number eight of of first Samuel 30. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? He asked God the question, what step should I take? Should I go after them? And I love this passage right here. And he answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And what I've been trying to do is speak and preach and prophesy over you that whatever you've lost during this pandemic, whatever your drama has been, whatever your uncertainty has been, whatever fears you've had, it has been my assignment, my call, my mantle of God to proclaim and preach over you that you shall recover all. And that's what David prayed to God and God gave him a clear word that he would recover all and Uh, I love this passage of scripture because the remaining parts of the scripture gives us what I'm going to cover today, which is part three. But before I give you that, I I need to tell you, when you go down to verse 18 and 19, slide down to verse 18 and 19. It says, so 
Uh, so David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken, had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. I, here's the first thing. At the start of verse 18 and at the close of verse 19, it says the same thing. David recovered all. God is trying to make a declaration. Then he said it twice in two verses. He got it all back. You ought to look at somebody nearby you and say, you're going to get it all back. Or matter of fact, tell yourself, you're going to get it all back. You shall recover it all. You shall get it all back. And that's, that's the whole point of this series, that you will get it back. I know some of you have lost hope and you think that you can't move forward and that you, 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 you'll never get your job back or you'll never get your career back or you'll never get your life back. I've been trying to preach to y'all for these last two weeks and today is week three. I've been trying to tell you, you shall recover all. The question is, and there are some keys to recovering it all. Not only did David encourage himself, not only did he worship God, but he prayed. He prayed and he sought the Lord and he got, got before the throne of God, put his ephod on, he inquired of God, and there's something else he did. And that's why part three today, this series, I, I tried to preach it last week, but I didn't get through to it. I'm titling this subtitle of this message. The, the series is called um, Encourage Yourself. But here's a subtitle today. And the subtitle is that recover, recovery requires the right relationships. Recovery requires the right relationships. Between verse 10 and verse 18 are some relationship issues that went on. And, and I know people don't think relationships are important, but relationship is the fuel of the kingdom. That's how God functions. That's how he flows. That's how he works. Re relationships are important. It is my assignment and my job to tell you today how important it is to have the right relationships. Amen. Um, look at verse number uh, I want to, I want to, I want to, I, uh, slow down. Somebody say slow down. So, so between verse 9 and 18, uh, between there are these relationship issues. And the first one deals with in verse 9 and 10. Let me read this to you. So David went, verse 9 and 10. So David went, he and his, and the 600 men who were with him and came to the brook, brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook before. Here's an important point that I need you to make note of. David had 600 men with him when he went into the cave, 600 men and their families. But when he got down to the place of having to go and, and recover what had been taken from him, he could not take all 600 men. 200 of them had to be left behind. He only went with 400 men. And I think I should spend just a moment and talk to you about this here for just a moment. Uh, that 200 got left behind. And so my point about this today, and I want you to write this point down. Realize, here's my point. Realize that everyone can't go with you. See, some, some of y'all are making a mistake of trying to drag weight that's not beneficial to your kingdom. To you reaching to where God wants you. Everybody, everybody can't go with you. Everybody's not called to go with you. Everybody's not assigned, anointed, gifted to go with you. Everybody, everybody can't do it. Everybody can't do it. 
But you keep you keep holding on to stuff that's dragging you down, frustrating you, defeating you. Uh, people who are, are hostile to you, who are saying the wrong things to you. And, and my assignment is to tell you everybody can't go with you. Everybody is not called or assigned for your destiny. And so he had to let them go. And it said, and here's, here's what's interesting to me. It says right here in verse number, uh, uh, verse number 10, uh, it says that 200, verse 10, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook before. They were weary. Now, I'm trying to figure out what made them so weary. They hadn't been in a war. They hadn't fought. They, they got released from the army. They hadn't worked. What were they, what, what, what's up? What's the problem? What's the challenge? They were weary, the scripture says. They, they, maybe they were weary from crying. Maybe they cried so much that they didn't have no strength. I, I, I suppose the Bible doesn't tell us what caused their weariness. We don't know what their drama was. All we know is that 200 of them got left behind and he took the 400 to go with him. Listen, I, I'm trying to tell you, everybody can't go with you, but go with whom God has for you to go with. The people that he's anointed you to go with you to help you win the battle, to help you be victorious. Some people might be a hindrance to you and not a help. Many of you will never get full recovery because you are unable to release and let go of unrighteous relationships. There are some relationships that God didn't ordain, that God didn't speak, God didn't bring them into your life. But yet there they are dragging you down. Mm. My, my, my. I should have got a few more amens on that point in there. They will wear you out. Amen. Thank you very much. They may not understand the commitment that's required. They might not be as dedicated as you. They may not make the sacrifices that are required for you to go where you're going. Everybody can't go where you are going. I'm going to a place. I don't want everybody to go with me. I only want those whom God has assigned to go with me. You don't have to understand where I'm going. You don't have to like where I'm going. You don't have to agree with where I'm going. Uh, but I want those whom God has assigned to go with me. I've been to pastor this church for 30. Listen, I've been to pastor this church for 32 years. For 32 years, I've been the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. Coming up on 33. And, and it would be great if everybody who, who has come and connected with the ministry over these 33 years would still be here. But they're not here. And, and, and I have to tell you, I had to get accustomed. I had to get used to. I had to, I had to get accustomed to caring and loving people only to have them walk away for all the wrong reasons. I can tell you some stories about people who walked away for unrighteous reasons. People who walked away because of this or because of that. And I, and I wish I could tell you it didn't hurt. I wish I could tell you that I could just let them go and release them and, and be okay with it. But it, it never, I have not gotten used to the people who you have loved and cared about and ministered to and counseled and cried over and prayed for, I, I, I haven't quite gotten used to it. But guess what? I'm a whole lot better now than I was then. I'm learning to celebrate and thank God for the people who have stuck with me and have had stayed with me and have walked the journey. If the truth be told, I don't want you. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to follow my leadership, bye-bye. Farewell. See you later. See you around. God bless you. Best to you. See you. Don't want to be you. Catch you later.
Everybody's not called to go with you. Somebody tell your neighbor, everybody's not called to go with you. But hold up. Look at verse 11. Here, here's point two. It says right here, then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. Stop, stick a pen right there. Here they are on their way to pursue, to try to recover their stuff that's been taken and save their families. And as they're on the way, they come across an Egyptian. They come across a person that is in normal circumstances would be an enemy. But they came across this guy and they gave him a piece, verse 12, they gave him a piece of a cake and figs and two clusters of raisins. I'm going to come back to that. When he had eaten, he, his strength came back to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. I want to, I want to, I want to, here's my point here. That God, here's my point. You, you lose some friends, but my second point is that God wants you to recognize that he will connect you with the right relationships. He, he will connect you with the right relationships that'll go with you. He'll bring the right people. And, and I'm, I'm always amazed at how God brings the right people right at the right time into the course of your life. Uh, our church is in the midst of hiring some employees of, for some critical spots in our church. And I'm amazed at the quality of the people that God is bringing to, to the table for us. I'm, I'm amazed at the people whom God has anointed and brought in connection. And, and, I, and I'm saying to you today, matter of, here's what I need y'all to hear. Y'all need, yeah, slow down. Somebody say, slow down, Pastor. I'm getting nervous because my time is running out. I'm, I, I gotta slow, I gotta slow down. I, gotta, I might go over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over. This is gonna take longer than what I got. I'm just gonna take my time. What God puts on this house, you will get a double portion in your house. What God does for us will be a double portion of you. And what that means, here's what God's doing. God's bringing anointed and gifted and qualified people into key positions in our ministry that has enabled to shoot us up to where God wants us to be. Every, I see that we're in a season where God is bringing the right people with the right gifting and the right anointing and the right knowledge and the right skill base to help launch us into our destiny. Go on and preach, Pastor. I'm doing the best that I can. And I, and I want to tell you, God's going to do the same thing for you. Be on the lookout. Somebody say, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. The people are coming. God's bringing the right people into your life. He's bringing them into your sphere of influence. They will be critical to you recovering, critical to you walking into your destiny, critical into you getting into what it is God has anointed you to do. And it's, it's important for you to recognize when they come. They're coming, and it's critical and important for you to recognize when they walk, when they come in the, in the, in the story. It's critical, uh, and I need you. I need you to see that. I need you. Every here's what I discovered: every major experience and every major opportunity in my life happened because of the right people in my life. Relationship is the fuel of the kingdom, and so you got to be careful of the relationships that you have, that you have the right relationships and God will bring them into your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I need you to get ready. I need you to be prepared 
that some right relationships for your for that promotion that you're going to get for that new job that's going to shoot you into the place that God's called for you. Who I feel the Holy Ghost right here talking to somebody here today. The right whatever you stand in the need of God is about to bring it into the course of your life. This is that season. This is that time. So have keep your eyes wide open. They they the scripture says they they found an Egyptian. They found somebody. But hold up, let me give you a third point right here because that person that comes into your life they anticipate that God might use them uh, uh, God might use the least likely it might be somebody that you least expected for the miracle in your life that's the point I want to make God's going to use somebody that you least likely thought that God could use least likely thought that they would be the source for you don't look past anybody don't don't look over anybody don't dismiss anybody they might be the person that God's going to use to take you to your destiny. Whew. Man, I feel a quickening of the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to get a hold of that in your life. Relationship is the key. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Relationship is the key. They found this Egyptian and he was least likely uh, because he was sick. It says in verse 13, he was with the, he was with the crowd and the group that had committed the atrocity. Here, here's what's amazing. He was a part of the group that burned Ziglag, David's city, and took his wives and children. He was with that group. Oh, I feel a shout. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Somebody go shout on this. Sometimes God will use somebody who once tried to hurt you to spin around and make them help you. I wish I had some help up in here. Up in here. God's going to switch and shift the dilemma. That, that guy who was once a part of the crowd trying to kill you and destroy you, God will flip the script. God will turn it around. That's the least likely person. That's the least person that we would expect to do that. And then look at what verse 15 and 16 says. Look at verse 15. David said to him, verse 15, can you take me down to this troop? The man said he, he was a part of the troop that invaded. Matter of fact, read verse 14. Uh, well, let's just read 13. <laughs> now, I keep wanting to go to the verse. Then the, then the previous verse said, can you talk about me? Verse 13, then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. See, so look, hold, stick a pen right there. This man was sick. His boss had left him behind, has been no good, wasn't going to wait on him, had left him behind and left him to die. But he's still alive. He, he was preaching my sermon. I'm still here. He said. <laughs> they, they thought I would die, but I'm still here. And he was there at the right place in the right time. Verse 14, he said, we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherulites in the territory which belongs to Judah and the southern area of Caleb. And we burnt Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, look at verse 14, 15. Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me by God that you will deliver, neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of the master. And I will take you down to this troop. Oh, I want to shout right there. The man said, I'll take you where you need to go. I'll take you to where your stuff is. 
I'll take you to where the troop has resided. I'll take you to your wives and your children. I'm just trying to tell you that your breakthrough and your miracle, God's going to bring somebody in your to be in relationship with you that will be key to taking you where you're supposed to be. Woo! Man, I feel the, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. I, 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 and somebody say anticipate, anticipate, anticipate. The least likely. This guy was least likely. And what I'm shouting about is he said, I'll take you there. He said, I will take you down to this troop. That relationship is going to take you. I started to say a few minutes ago, every significant advancement in my life, every significant achievement in my life, every significant accomplishment in my life has happened because of key and critical relationships. And I, I just need y'all to get that. Now, let me close. Let me close. I got two minutes to close this dynamic message, but I got a fourth point. Somebody said, there's a fourth point. There's a fourth point. There is a fourth point. Here's point number four. You, you, you have to treat others with grace and hospitality. You have to be careful how you treat other people. Because, because in this particular passage and in this particular text, um, David and them treated this man with great hospitality and grace. Verse 11, they found this Egyptian and they gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink water. They were hospitable to him. Uh, and when they gave him, verse 12, a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. See, see the whole point I want you to see here is that they treated the man hospitable with hospitality. Is that a word? Hospitable? That's the word I'm looking for. They, yeah. They treated him kindly. <laughs> they treated the man. And see, some of y'all are messing up because you're not treating people kindly. If they, if, they don't, if they don't look the way you think they ought to look, if they, don't, if they don't belong to your same fraternity or your same sorority, if they don't belong to your club, if they don't belong to your church, if they don't belong to your fellowship, if they don't hang around, you don't treat them the way God wants you to treat them. God is telling us to treat people with kindness. Some of you need to go back and repent to people who you have treated harshly and coldly and meanly because they may be the key to your destiny and your future. Woo! I need y'all to get that in your heart. You don't know who that person might be. You don't know what the connection might be for your future. They might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who's the connection to your destiny. Recovery requires the right relationships. You want to be in the right relationship with the right people. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Man, I, 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 hospital, hospitality is the call of the day. Some of you, I'm going to say this one last time, then I'll be finished, need to go back and apologize to some of the people that you have treated cold, harshly and cold, that you've ignored, that you've turned your back on, that you haven't treated with the level of love and compassion that you ought to have. I want to challenge you. I want to say to young people, let me say something to the young people that are here, because I see some young people on the screen here today, so I know there's some young people listening. I want you to listen to me, young people. I know this ain't you Sunday. I know this is not you Sunday, that's next Sunday, but this applies to you. I want to say to young people how important it is for you to, the people in your, in your school, high school and college, 
might be people that you will have relationship with for the rest of your life. Be careful. And they might treat you mean, but you don't have to treat them back mean. Ooh. That shows how much Jesus you have in you when they treat you coldly and harshly. And, and I, I'm celebrating because the people who talked about me in high school rejected me, didn't invite me to their parties and didn't come to mine. I is now their pastor. Come on, holler at somebody for just a second. I didn't treat them bad back the way they treated me. I didn't talk about them. I didn't reject them. I loved on them. I treated them kindly. I shared the gospel with them. And God has used me to make an impact in their life. So you, I'm just telling you, you never know what your future is going to hold. Young people in particular. Some of you old farts is too old to try to recover that. You, you done messed up. But, but I'm talking about those in your younger lives, in your young lifestyle. Treat them with kindness. Now, the most important relationship you need to have is with Jesus Christ. That's the most important right relationship because he died on the cross so you can have a relationship with the Father. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Anticipate that God may use the least likely person for your miracle. He will place someone in your life that is key to you reaching your destiny. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.